On this week's episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we do a gravy review, we talk some deer mojo, and we have our special guest, Sketch, from Houston to talk about Christian rap. All that and more on this week's episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckles studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, of course. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, I have to introduce the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention Fortnite champion of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one, it's Mojo! Hey, buddy. What's going on, everyone? How you doing? Uh, yeah, it's another time, right? Uh, thanks for tuning in once again. This is the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You can find us on the on the uh, website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can find us on Instagram at SFP Radio. Go to youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. Also, where we mostly interact is our Facebook page mm-hmm. at Southern Fry Philosophy. Uh, please go to Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a like or a review. A review would be great. Um, share your favorite episodes and we also have a patreon link if you like the value of the program please donate a buck or two bucks or fifty dollars or a million this is a bad deal but i'm going to pay you a dollar if you'll just subscribe for like 99 (laughs) cents there you go so what what is that link again uh patreon.com forward slash sfp radio and you can find that link on our website as mojo mentioned southernfriedphilosophy.com so there it is I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, I be darned. When anybody tells me that the government is always the answer, <laughs> I would like to redirect them to the Concord downtown uh-huh. and the roads. Oh, wow. The repaving of the roads. Good gosh, how long has the, how, how long has this <laughs> repaving of the roads situation been going on? It's been a solid three months. I mean, okay. it has to have been at least three months. Now, I've I've driven vast stretches of highway <laughs> that have been repaved. Like I'm sure. talking about fifty miles of two lane yeah. roads that have been repaved. Downtown Concord has had this road reconstruction now for three months. It's just like one road. It's yeah. Uh, granted, it's, one. it's probably three miles long. Maybe on a on so a good day. The latest downhill. update because I remember I had to I came by and gave your adopted mother a motorcycle mm-hmm. ride and yes, I was I was kind that. of. Uh, a little shifty on that one just because the roads were so grooved and potholed. At and stuff that, like that point, it's been like two months. It's, it's, it's grew, it was grooved. Yeah. But they came and ripped all the asphalt up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now they've, they actually laid the new asphalt, but mm-hmm. we had no lines. <laughs> and, um, which, which is okay because, you At know, least it's better. But instead of going ahead and laying the whole lines, they lay temporary lines now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess because obviously, you know, we may have somebody that comes from Europe that drives on the wrong side of the road. Sure. So we'll, we'll need sense. those temporary lines. But yeah, so uh, that's just uh, 
man, the, the downtown Y'all, Concord government. They got to get their act together. I'm going to need you just to pay, spray paint some lines. If we can go down to, to Charlotte, get some graffiti artists, right? just spray paint a line, and they could just enjoy that. I mean, we could have cool looking arrows and things like that. I mean, y'all. I'm pretty sure how long the private market probably could have already re- relined the road by now. Or how long has those temporary lines been down? At, at, Two weeks? At three least, weeks? At least a month. Yeah. It's been rough. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. So, anyway, at least, mm-hmm. at least it's not all potholed up. That is true. But give, give it a couple months. I'm sure the, the <laughs> asphalt will be raking up. One winter up. and it's over. Yeah. You know, because due to budget cuts, they probably had to put an extra quarter inch less of asphalt down. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably uh, asphalt will be coming up by the time the winter hits. So, <laughs> how you be doing? I'm good. Can I can I vent for a little bit? Oh, please. I, I've got a couple. Of I feel things. like I'm, I feel like I'm the only one who whines. Well, so. here's the thing. So dogs, can we talk about? Do we need some background music? <laughs> <laughs> I am so sick of those dogs. They're everywhere. I mean, we went we went to uh, Camp North East North Lake something. I mean, it's it's a really cool spot. Um, and by the way, Sketch is here with us. So hello, hello. Um, he's he's going to be joining the whole show. But we went to it's a place downtown, Con, um, Charlotte, and renovating the whole thing. It's like like a nineteen twenties like model T Ford plant. Yeah, that turned into a munitions factory and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Yeah, so they called it camp. It was Charlotte Ammunition and Missile um, Plant, so they called it camp. But um, 72 acres, ma- things massive. Uh, but we went to go have some beers, enjoy another podcast, the R&D and the QC podcast. It was, it was a cool experience. But, y'all, everybody was taking their dogs everywhere, like with the beer, with the food, inside the podcast area. <laughs> One at one point the dog started barking and they were you know interrupting comp- the podcast interrupting so. like why do you feel like you have to take your dog everywhere like y'all you gotta and, and we're the and we've devolved as a human race to where we now carry their crap around in a bag yeah right until we find a place to dispose it if if aliens were to come down and look at us they would think that the dogs are the owners and we're the pets because we're picking up their poop right. I, I, there was a new special on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the guy who overthinks things—I can't remember his name or his stick—but um, part of his is like, I, I bet the dog is like, "No, leave that there. You don't want to pick that <laughs> That's up." Gross. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, but you know, he also said the community said you cannot. It's not like you can go around carrying if you don't have a dog and you're carrying a bag of crap around, <laughs> yeah. you look funny. Yeah, but of course, you know, you, if you have a dog, it's totally acceptable to carry a bag of crap. Sure. With you, so yeah. I think we have even a poop story uh, coming up. But the other thing that that burns my biscuits is men that wear white pants. Even on my, my wife said, even on the golf course, and I said yes, even on the golf course, men that wear white pants just I don't know. It just it it sets me unease. Or men's capris, white capris. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! I would. I feel like just for humanity, I need to punch them in the face. Do but it? that's probably a little rough. Well, you have Antifa that wants to punch a Nazi in the face. Well, we need Who? To start. A- Antifa. Oh, Antifa. Antifa. Punch Nazis in the face. Yeah, so we can go just start around punching people <laughs> with white pants in the face. What are your thoughts on white pants, Sketch? I need <laughs> I, to know this. They're okay. I'm curious as to what your fear is or what. I don't is know. It stains? It's, prob- it's probably fear? because, oh, stains it's probably be because you went to a spaghetti uh, a spaghetti <laughs> dinner at church <laughs> and had uh, <laughs> white pants on. This is a true story. My prom, senior prom. Uh, I I finally got a date, it, and it was a complete sympathy date. So I, I understand. 
Um, but we went to Smart Choice, the Olive Garden, because back then that's where you went. You know, that was high. That's where winners high class went. there. Yeah. Um, an idiot decides to to order spaghetti, mm. and then just on the front of the tux, just <laughs> <laughs> everywhere down no. the front. And the the picture that we had to take, she had to mm-hmm. cover that up with her hand oh. and the whole night i'm just like pizza stain right here chief like oh my gosh uh, and, and pizza so- or red, pizza sauce, red sauce yeah. is oh, yeah. the worst because you can't get it off because of tux. the more you touch it mm-hmm. the deeper it spreads and it looked like i got shot by a yeah, howitzer at that yeah, point a, trying to rub scene, it all yeah, off and everything scene, it was yeah. rough but um, I don't know the white pants. Just yeah. I don't own any white pants. To, I, to I know you clear. Don't. So, yeah, um, I don't own many pairs of pants. So <laughs> white's right. not white's not in that. So. It, and and the other thing, like when you're eating stuff, you wipe stuff on your jeans. Mm-hmm. So like the white pants, you can't do it yeah. on that. Yeah, I, I don't know, y'all. It just sets me at ease. Yeah, and I've seen that. Uh, I've noticed that trend is starting to pick up in guys. A lot mm. of guys, especially younger guys. Yes. I shouldn't say. Oh yeah, guys are. We our couldn't age. pull it off. No, all. but uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. And also, guys who are like red pants or teal pants, or you know, yeah, just the Easter basket color. Yeah. <laughs> <Easter basket. laughs> you know what? It, Jelly bean jeans. So. <laughs> well, the circle, the circle culture that I kind of run with, uh-huh. you'd be laughed at. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying oh, yeah. it, 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 it's kind of frowned upon in our community <laughs> that it's I predominantly around every day. But so bikers are not going out and buying I, these I, teal I teal capris. Yeah. No, they'll ride a t- they'll ride a teal colored motorcycle, but which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they'll wear some assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which worse now before, before white white jeans. <laughs> so you know, anytime I see white pants, it always reminds me of like a painter. Because you, you go to yeah, Sherwin oh, Williams or something, the, you know, paint right. department, they always have the white, all white on, which never makes sense to me. Why would they yeah, wear Yeah, it seems like an white? odd choice yeah. for a, a, a profession where you're going to be throwing paint. Yeah, I, I've never quite <laughs> so, gathered that. Unless you're just painting like an all white building, then yeah. that kind of makes sense. Well, yeah. See, yeah. yeah, well, with all white, though, you're like, I can understand, like, if they're keeping it, if they have all white on to see, okay, well, I'm painting this room brown. Okay, I've got some on me, so it must be on the floor somewhere. Oh, But okay. if you're painting an all stark white room and you're wearing all white, <laughs> you're not going to be able to notice that, <laughs> I wouldn't think. So. I don't know. I just saw a couple guys wearing it, and I was just like, mm. I don't know. It just... And they, uh, and they probably had a pocket a pocket chihuahua, too, didn't they? No. I mean, he had, he, he had a blue shirt a dark blue shirt with the inside of the collar was red i felt like at any point we're gonna go like on the sailboat you know so i couldn't figure <laughs> uh, yeah. that out who's got so. yeah we're in course uh, just in case uh, you're ge- uh, geographically concerned where we are There's, we're in the middle of the state of north carolina we're not anywhere near we landlocked yeah, my friend we're not anywhere near water i right. mean there's some lakes but mm. uh, you know how many people are like hey let's go to the uh Let's go catamaran down at the lake, you know, in our in our white white pants with boat shoes on. Yeah. So. Oh well, there's that. Yeah. Um, a couple of uh, business things that I want to bring up. I want to say shout out to some of our listeners. We got some new listeners in New York and Brooklyn. Shout out to New York. Um, and then also too, if you ever wanted to stop by and check us out at the Busta Knuckle Studio, just shoot us an email at sfpradio at gmail dot com, and you yourself could be sitting here in the Busta Knuckle Studio in the Bad Mother Smokers smoking hot seat, which is right over there. Do you see that? I see it. You like that? Nice. I mean, that that'd be a nice spot to well, sit. They're not actually smoking. No, but but and they're not covered in the smoking sauce, so. There's that Thank piece. God. But uh, anyway, so if you ever want to come check us out, please do shoot us an email at SFP Radio. And now we're on to some wacky news.
So this uh, this article had me at hello. Uh, the Lincoln man was attacked by a attacked a girlfriend with bacon, arrested for assault, a violation of release. Uh, Stephen Boucher, forty nine, uh, the uh, of Lincoln, called the Lincoln police and reported that he did not attend his court hearing because he didn't feel well. Um, then, not long after that, the police had to arrive at his residence because he was attacking his girlfriend with a full packet of bacon and the pan. Um, (laughs) They did a sobriety check, and it was three times the legal limit. He was slapping her across the face and forehead with uncooked bacon, laughing at her and taunting her, he said. (laughs) Needless to say, he was arrested, and uh, boy, he does not look like he's doing well. Actually, the picture of him looks like – there's an actor that comes to mind when I look at his picture. Do you – do you guys have any idea of what he? Uh, well, I mean, he looks like several people could actually look Scott like Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. going with. The quantum leap. He the jumped back leap into the, uh, He looks like Henry, of- Henry Rollins on a, after a bender. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I got you on that one. But I mean, hey, yeah, Scott Bakula. He does. If you if you were going to attack somebody, bacon is the way to go. <laughs> Can you cook it first? It might break off. It might get to enjoy a little bit of it. <laughs> there you go. So, that's that's fact, a waste of perfectly good bacon. In fact, I will ask my wife tonight if she'll cook the bacon and slap me across the face. <laughs> With it, just for fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's some one one of the numbers in Fifty Shades Gray. <laughs> it's fifty seven and a half. I mean, gosh, I love bacon. I do too. I love yeah. bacon. All right, did you have one? <sighs> this falls definitely under the wacky. <laughs> Pregnancy is more common among lesbian, gay, and bisexual youths. Uh, um. <laughs> I'm I'm so confused with identity politics these days, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reread that. <laughs> Pregnancy is more common among lesbian, gay, and bisexual youths. I there's no funny youths youths yeah, yeah chi- so children's youths. children's yeah how uh, yeah. so yeah you know? there was a there was a New York City high school they did the study and the study was done by um, uh, Mason University uh, George Mason University in Fairfax Virginia oh yeah. Um, also, uh, one of the, it's actually written in American uh, Psychology, American Sexual Health publications. But yeah, they find out that um, bisexual, lesbian, and uh, b- b- girls are probably twice as likely to get pregnant before a heterosexual girl. I'm not good at math <laughs> I, I, or the biology. I'm still trying to figure out that. <laughs> They don't seem like they're the have the wealth to be able to do artificially. No, no, right. obviously created. not. Yeah. So I guess they're probably doing it the old fashioned way. But that seems odd. It does, especially I can understand like if you play for both teams, I can get that maybe. Right, but when you have a self described lesbian, I mean, in yeah, I mean, if you have a self described lesbian who could possibly be in, in a lesbian relationship. And all of a sudden, she turns up pregnant. Right. <laughs> Those two parts don't equal. Yeah, yeah. The the square and the square, or the square and the Careful. circle, or whatever, Careful. just don't match up. I mean, so uh, yeah, round peg in a square hole, something like that. Something. Yeah. I I just uh, I, I mean, actually the round peg in a square hole would fit, 
but you have to go the square peg in the round hole. That will not. We're, we're going to go off on a tangent here. It'll probably lead us to the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm just trying I'm to not, think of I, shapes. That's all I'm doing. I know. I'm, st- <laughs> but like I said, I have read this study hmm. several times now, and hmm. I just you got with, nothing with, else to do. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, I get intrigued by like, sure. by clickbait headlines, mm-hmm. and sometimes I, I go into a, I, I dive into these headlines just to see what, um, yeah, that, what the these math. are because because what look I I am I am pro LGBTQAAIP and WACP plus. I mean, I, I could care less. I mean, matters. yeah, I could, that doesn't bother me that people's individual private relationships and what they identify i could care less doesn't mm-hmm. bother me but as someone who has i have a daughter in high school now mm-hmm. um but also last year her middle school there was i mean just so much uh, banners and and stuff in the guidance counselor's office this is a safe space we recognize all 83 genders and you know whatever sexual preference that they they the schools have this up this is stuff that's not mm-hmm. no or not that would never been in my high school mm-hmm. but seeing this you know so this is something identity politics has entered school and has been uh, being pushed where, you know, we have to uh, – the kids need to learn how to use the proper pronouns and mm-hmm. and uh, don't say these sizzle words because you could offend someone. And all of a sudden the study comes out and find out that maybe some of the people that identify, mm-hmm. maybe not exactly carrying the card that they claim they are. I, I just I, – I, I can't wrap my head around this. Yeah, but I don't know. There's – there's the, the math isn't adding up on that one. Um, here's another one that I've got. Satanic Temple unveils Baphomet statue in the Arkansas Capitol. So just a summary of what's going on. There was a um, – this Ten Commandments got put up in 2017, and it was sponsored by a um, Republican legislator, Republican Senator Jason Rappert. Um, he installed it quietly in 2017, and so to put up a monument – in the state capitol, you have to have sponsorship. So, so this uh, satanic group felt offended that there was no satanic monument. So they decided they're going to deliver their own to uh, the Arkansas uh, state uh, capitol. And boy, that uh, the pictures of it looks a little rough. Like it's it's the kind of goat headed looking. Mm, yeah. Yeah, with kids looking at it. It's a goat-headed figure with wings, and kids are looking at it, like idolizing this Mm temple-looking thing. And, man, it's rough. But what I think is funny on it, one, you have to say, if you're going to have the Ten Commandments, you have to also allow it, you know, other religions to to have their monuments there. But um, Jason Report, Report, Jason Rappert, who, like I said, sponsored it, said it's going to be a cold day in hell before that offensive statue gets put on the state capitol. It will be forced to be taken down permanently. Um, so, so the guy that sponsored the Ten Commandments then turns around to say, well, that's a cold day in hell before you get your, your thing. So I think the irony is, again, just Christians are okay if we put up the Ten Commandments, but if you put something like that up, you're going to have to allow other ones to go up too, and you can't. You can't argue with it. There was a lot of protests that were happening uh, around there, too. So I know you're a big libertarian guy. What are your thoughts on on that process? Well, as a Christian, I, I, I don't think my – I don't like my – I don't like my religion with government in it. Yeah. And I don't no, like I my government with, with religion in it. So, yeah. I mean, it's just like my coffee. I like it plain. I don't like anything <laughs> else in it. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you should have it. The court, the I guess the Capitol grounds in Arkansas, mm. where this is at, or courthouse grounds, is probably going to be littered now with 
a hundred different monuments for everything that they think they need to have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, I understand, I understand that the court in our judicial system in America is based off of, you know, uh, Anglo-Saxon Judeo-Christian law and principle. I mean, 10 right. commandments, I mean, the, 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 the 10 commandments kind of give us some moral fabric and foundation. I understand that, but in the, in the height of political correctness and stuff like that, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to have everyone put stuff up. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine that. Now, um, the Baphomet, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of silly looking. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of silly looking. And there's uh, actually a, a sci-fi. I actually put a three day series movie on, um, called, uh, it's based off of a book. And, uh, hold on a second. Let me put it. Childhood. It's called the book. It's called childhoods in anyway. They made a sci-fi movie out of this and you'll have to watch the sci-fi <laughs> movie because it actually, that the character is Baphomet. Oh. <laughs> and it's revealed in like the last day or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it, it's kind of funny that, that they had basically had kids worshiping this this character on this movie. So oh, wow. anyway, no, I, I, I segue as always I do, but um, yeah, I, I think it's silly. You, you're gonna, we're gonna have end up having whatever the Jehovah Witness monument is. We're right. have that. We're, it's gonna it's be, probably just gonna be two people knocking on a door. I guess probably. <laughs> uh, Ding dong. But no, I don't, it's the the place is gonna be littered with all kinds of monuments yeah. now. I think it's funny. Twenty less than twenty four hours after the installation of the Ten Commandments, a man drove his car into the monument, smashing it to pieces. The same man also destroyed a Ten Commandment monument outside the Oklahoma State Capitol. This guy really wow. hates the I Ten know. Commandments. He's a one tra- he's a one person traveling show there. <laughs> Have a Ten Commandment monument? Call get, me, I'll take care of it. I guess he covets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I just thought that was ironic and funny and y'all christians stop being so dang serious about everything well but also i find the ten commandments actually being on government property kind of ironic because the government usually breaks a lot of those commandments you know thou shalt not have any gods before me Mm -hmm. well we as a country if you like a country our our government is our god Uh, you know what i'm saying People really worship the government. They expect the oh, yeah. government to take care of their needs. I mean, how many Christians are waving that Christian American oh, flag right yeah. now? Thou shalt not steal. Well, mm-hmm. try not paying your taxes. You're going to have a couple of people come and forcibly pay, make you pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah. Thou shalt not covet. Well, you can't own the car without paying property tax on it. So yeah. there's there's a lot of things that the government's kind of guilty of with breaking the Ten Commandments. Thou yeah. shalt not kill. Okay, yeah, well. We've had a couple of wonderful years of that. Yeah. So. Well, and and we'll probably get some some hate mail on this one, but honestly, like the Ten Commandments didn't save anybody. You know, if you're going to put something up, yeah, you think it shouldn't be the Ten Commandments. But, you know, speaking of the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. but we needed that. You know, when when we were roaming around in the desert, sure, we needed some type of of you need some uh, guidelines, some guidelines on how book. to li- live. You know, between the relationship horizontally between me and my, my friend, mm-hmm. to how do we interact with our our, our God? Yeah. You know, so there, I, I I get why we have it. Sure. And it's the, the you know one of the first foundations of moral law. You know, because society needs moral law, but yeah. for it to be placed on, into the government as almost like the government's a, as is following this to the T, mm-hmm. eh, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. I don't even know like why we put our hand on the Bible when we swear into court. Like part yeah. of, part of that's a little weird. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure there's probably some superstition involved with that because you know probably people some people when they first started doing that mm-hmm. they're like, well, you know, mm-hmm. God will strike me dead if yeah. I if I if I well, misconstrue the truth here. Yeah, and so. people still say that like, well, if I step foot into the church, God will strike me down. Mm, yeah. Hasn't happened yet, and there's been some weird ones in church. Yeah. So, oh, well, and. 
there's a lot of churches out there filled with sinners, not saints. Yeah, so. yeah. I just it's just weird, but yeah. anyway. And I think a Christian should a lot of times when they they are advocating this kind of thing should they're not using the right language. I guess they're more in favor of like a theocratic rule as long as it's their rule mm-hmm. versus a yeah. freedom of religion. Yeah, you know. So and it, it, maybe if they're using the, that language, like I really want a Christian nation. That's different than saying I want freedom of religion, but I only want Christianity well, enforced. Yeah, and mm-hmm. expand that so. bro- expand that more broadly. Like we have no problem calling ourselves a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Well, you have like the the Republic of Iran. They're a theocratic nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, their 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 law is based off Islamic law, mm-hmm. off yeah. Sharia law. But we have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, we just we we just we try to stand on our moral high box yeah and, and try to judge everyone but sometimes we're kind of complicit and guilt too so yeah but yeah take it off the grounds it, it don't need to be there yeah i mean no, i agree granted it was probably i mean if you sponsored the, the monument it's probably paid for independently not you know private funds which is okay mm-hmm. but go put those 10, ten commandments in your yard or something or right. a private park or i mean or just spend some time reading them and f- trying to follow them yeah you definitely ain't gonna make the government do that <laughs> so. right all right, so one of the things that uh, we'll segue into is part of this show is life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And it, it dawned on me that we never have actually talked about gravy. So what I think we're going to do is we're going to start a new bit um, where we're going to review different gravies from around around our city. So um, we'll go ahead and start, uh, start that. Mind your own biscuits and All right, so where we're going to review from today, and Sketch is kind of getting it all ready. Well, we've got to define what gravy is. Okay. Because so, I, yeah. I think in the southern context, gravy may be something different. Because you're you know, right. You know how you're right. Anywhere above above the Mason-Dixon line, they get everything wrong. Right. I mean, like, they, That's hey, you want to come over for a barbecue, and you're going, uh, oh, going over expecting no, yeah. to have a trough of pig picking or beef brisket? Mm-hmm. It ain't a barbecue. They're nope. throwing hot dogs on the grill. Yeah. Yep. So... That's not the yes, correct. That's not, not a barbecue. And you have gravy sometimes too. I know from Italian culture they call like just their sauce. Yeah, like red a, sauce a gravy. gravy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, grew up in the south, and gravy was not the red sauce. So. No. D- granted, I like Italian gravy. It's good stuff. Yeah, and I mean in India everything is gravy as well. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter if so it's wet. So we have wet, to define gravy. So, yeah. so southern, you define gravy. southern gravy. Yeah, we have different types of gravy. Mm-hmm. Just that's like true. you have. Just like you know, you have your play clothes when you go to school, and then you have your dress clothes. Okay, you have your yeah. school clothes. So, mm-hmm. well, in the South, we have the same thing. We have uh, morning gravy, and you have two types of morning gravy. I you love have, it. You have a white milk gravy, mm-hmm. which is uh, usually uh, a milk, flour, uh, salt, pepper, sausage, some type of uh, fat, protein, mm-hmm. um, sautéed in the gravy. Uh, then you also have your red eye gravy, which is kind of a dying art form, to be honest it with you. It is. And uh, red eye gravy is a coffee-based uh, gravy, and it's usually used with the drippings and stuff out of a pan. But, of mm. course, you have your fancy gravy. Oh, which wait, is, hold on. I, I'm not aware of this fancy gravy. Well, you have two types of fancy gravy also. What? You have a brown gravy. Oh, that's not fancy. It usually goes on your mashed potatoes mm-hmm. and some type of other starch like that. And then you have your white gravy for dinner. Which like a chicken fried chicken mm-hmm. or chicken fried steak, white gravy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's also milk based gravy too. Yeah, but you, we in the South we have a lot of gravies. <laughs> you, you are correct. And I you, didn't I mean, realize how many gravies we yeah, have. We yeah, we also have right. we also have dessert gravy. 
Oh, yeah. Grandma makes Grandma, the chocolate gravy. Yep. So yeah. we have dessert gravy. Sketch, you've had the I've chocolate had, gravy? I have had the chocolate gravy. That was one of the first things that bonded our friendship, I think, that we both knew what chocolate <laughs> gravy was. I mean. So. You've had Grandma's chocolate that gravy? Was, it was, yeah. That, so, it was delicious. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, you know, as a, as a uh, born and bred Southerner, I mean, I, I, I'm fascinated by gravy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you are, too. Yes. Just because uh, gravy makes everything better. I, I think, mean, yeah. I, I mean, I can't name a dish that gravy doesn't match up with. I'd even put it on ice cream. I put it on sushi. You're right. That would. So, if you had to pick your favorite type of that gravy, where are we where are we landing on that? Um, I'm a big sausage gravy. Yes. Just because I I love breakfast sausage. Yeah. And uh, you know when you mix the two together, it's, it's heaven. Just, it's pure bliss. Sketch. What about you? Where are you falling in on the gravy train? I, I've actually been more of a fan of the brown. Oh wow! Than than the huh. white, yeah. I did so. not see that coming. I know. <laughs> but you know, I mean, brown gravy is great. Uh, like you know, like mashed potatoes, and mashed potatoes, but like you know, Salisbury steak or mm-hmm. hamburger steak. Mm-hmm. You know, which I, I are there's all kind. I mean, how do you make the brown gravy? Uh, it's just uh, brown beef base, okay, uh, or uh, brown uh, beef broth, and you thicken it up. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's very simple. Now a lot of people cheat and buy the the cheap packets that all you mm-hmm. do is add water and it thickens up, but that's kind of cheating and that's yeah. crappy gravy. But yeah, it, to make a true brown gravy, you got to get it where it's not lumpy. Okay. Yeah, you know, because yeah, you know, my grandmother always had lumpy gravy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, what we've got today is we have got some biscuit and gravy from Maple Street Biscuit. It's a brand new restaurant that just opened up down in in Charlotte by the mall area. Um, man, guys, I'm telling you, Sketch, you went there today. We went there. Yeah, today. I almost wanted to jump in on the what burns your biscuits segment and say uh, my what burns my biscuits is that we don't have a biscuit restaurant like that place mm. uh, down in Houston. So, yeah. <laughs> and we actually have several biscuit biscuit only restaurants here. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, there's uh, over in Asheville here in North Carolina. I'm, oh, we'll yeah. probably have it here before long, but I hope and so. Asheville started. It's called was a fathead biscuit, or I keep wanting to call it cathead biscuit. Cat, well, they, they, but they do cathead biscuit. They do that, but it's not called that. I don't know what it we is. We also have a chain called Biscuitville, mm-hmm. and they do a really good job. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's several, but there's other several other biscuit yeah. only chains. You know that that do that. They do breakfast and lunch and shut down. And you know, yeah, if you want to get your biscuit gravy fixing, you ain't going to get it after two o'clock. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this ba- this place mainly will have a biscuit with any kind of well, like a fried chicken, a mm-hmm. giant piece of fried chicken, and then really at that point it's whatever else you want. They have some with uh, fried goat cheese. They have some you had today with apple butter and, and bacon, bacon and cheddar cheese. And cheddar yeah. cheese. Um, they also do things like waffles. My wife had chicken and waffles today. Mm-hmm. Um, French toast. They do uh, this thing that is a French toast biscuit. I don't know how that's happening. You're putting both of those things together. That should be illegal, but they do it somehow. Um, so this place is really fantastic and really good coffee as well. So if you want to check them out, Google them. Um, they started off in Jacksonville, Florida, then they kind of migrated up. And mm-hmm. so um, check them out. But we're going to talk about their gravy and biscuit today only. So we've got some here. Um, do you want to split it up? And then I re- really what I'm looking for is you, the chef, break down this gravy for me. Right. Like what? what's your take on it? What are the positives, the negatives? What would you add? What would you take away? And then rate it from like a one to five biscuits. What would you give it? So and we're stirring up the gravy here. Yeah, I need we to heat, play we, my. We, might, we heat, had to reheat it earlier, 
So I don't know if you have to grade that on a curve or. <laughs> you know what? I grade everything so, as cold because you, you know I, I like I prefer my food cold. Let me know if you didn't get any sausage in your gravy. Um, I see it. So what's what's been what's the best gravy that you've ever had in your life? Do you know? Uh, probably my grandmother's. Okay. Or mine. I think that's a good. Oh, so you you're a contender for the gravy. Mm. Oh, yeah. best gravy you've ever had. Okay. Because I put like eight pounds of sausage in my gravy. <laughs> so it's more of a. A liquid chewable, a liquid meat form. Yeah. So. Yeah. So one of the things, so texture wise, if we look at said gravy, I mean, it's not, it's not thin, you no. know, it's, it's a good thick consistency. You get a little bit of shine on it. Is that good or bad in your opinion to have a little bit of a shine on your gravy? Hmm. <laughs> or is that just because I'm going to here for a little bit? Well, I'm going to give this a, right now off the shoot. I'm mm-hmm. going to give it about a two and a half to three star. Oh wow! Well, so you are not at all happy with this? No, because they ha- you can tell they haven't cooked the flour out of the gravy. It kind of gives it kind of that silky, oh, okay. that that kind of silky sweet, a little, little bit of chalky texture. Okay. Oh wow! So we're we're so you out of out of the five, you're giving it two, maybe a three. So they did not cook the flour out of it. No. What else do we got going on that's wrong with it? I like the spicy sausage in it. Yeah. Now. Also, the from from what I read on there, it's they have mushrooms in it. That's also a shiitake mushroom yeah. that they put in their gravy. So that's a little bit of a different mm-hmm. taste and texture. Yeah, to but that it. should that should add more of a what they call unami kind of earthy flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But see, it's so it, it tastes really sweet. Not like dessert sweet, but it has mm-hmm. more, a little more of a sweet taste to it. So, would you normally do the mushrooms in a morning gravy? You can. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to take away from it, but yeah. Um, I, I dig in the spice level though. It's mm-hmm. something different. I mean, it's not probably for everybody, but everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. But biscuits halfway good though. I mean, biscuit is good. And buttery. So we're gonna go to the the biscuit, very buttery. Mm-hmm. Even being a little bit. I mean, we got it at like eleven. And yeah, and it, so and it's it been good. been around a while. It's been reheated, mm-hmm. but yeah, we've got a very buttery biscuit. Um, the sausage and the and the gravy, yay or nay. Well, I like the sausage in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you like the taste of the sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I good like sausage. the spot. I mean, breakfast sausage good. I mean, I, it goes good with everything. Mm-hmm. It was good size. It wasn't too. Sometimes people can really crumble up their sausage, where yeah. it's just little bitty bits. This mm-hmm. this you get a good bite of sausage in your gravy. Yeah, so I would say that. Yeah, I mean, I there's a fast food chain we haven't tried yet, but I'm sure we'll have it on the gravy segment, and I think their gravy is probably better. Really? Yeah. It's not Hardee's, is it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no. I mean, I, I dig what they're trying here. I mean, yeah. they're, they're trying. I mean, obviously, this restaurant they charge a few more bucks than mm-hmm. a normal breakfast place, so they're mm-hmm. they're adding yeah. some extra flair to the to the stuff to kind of get the extra price point up because they got to mm-hmm. pay the rent. So I understand that, but um, yeah, your full like biscuit sandwich looked like they were about nine dollars. I think, yeah. were, mm-hmm. were the and, they, and they put so. they put a lot of food on yeah, there, too. It, like, it, like you said, there was a big chunk of. Uh, chicken on it um good so. fried chicken yeah mm-hmm. so it's not like it's uh it's not like you're getting the it's not like you're getting the the two sausage biscuits for buck 25 but you're actually paying nine dollars for one it's not like you're doing that right so. yeah right yeah but um yeah i mean personal my taste i, I like the spice level mm-hmm. uh the uh the the gravy's a little chalky which okay. just means the, the flour probably wouldn't cook long enough in it mm-hmm. that's it so but overall i mean it's it's Two and a half to three stars. Okay. Sketch, what would you give it if you had to 
I would say a three. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, their their name is implies that they're really good at the biscuits, the salt, the gravies. Not their main star. Right. I don't yeah. know if you could have a full franchise that's only gravy. I don't know. So, <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, we got we got five different types of gravy. Right. I, there's probably more. Yeah. Well, actually, if you had the Indian and the Italian, we we could have oh, inf- yeah. infinite levels Y'all. of gravy. We're gonna call it Gravy Town. <laughs> we, <laughs> gravy trade. You say, have to, what you have to do? You have to mm. you have to dye your hair and spike it. Oh like, yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> and you have to use the hashtag Gravy Town. <laughs> I have to get my sunglasses and wear them on, on the, back the back of my of head. head. Yeah. You're, you're, Upside yeah. Down. I'm 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 going. I'm the mayor mayor of Gravy Town. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I I like it. I'm with you. It's like a three. Um, I've had better, um, but overall, um, I mean, it's a good place to get get it. I probably, if I'm going to go there, I'll tell you, I'll get something besides the biscuit and gravy. Um, there's so many other options, oh, but yeah. overall, I mean, it's it's a good spot. I, I love the all the other food. Probably a miss on the gravy, but a hit on the biscuit. Yeah, I think one thing I do like about this franchise, they mm-hmm. or this company, they they have like the uh, the tea bar, they have the coffee bar, you mm-hmm. get cold brew if you want it. You can yeah. Get, I do like that. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a unique thing for a place. But um, we noticed too their seating was very community focused. So y- yeah. you can find one or two uh, four tops, but usually it's a big table. And I think that's, yeah. they're trying to encourage community people actually talking to each other, putting their phones down, yeah. getting to know your neighbor, that kind of thing, which yeah. is kind of neat. The but, other thing that they do is like when you do when you put in your order, they'll ask you a question of the week or a question of the yeah. month. Uh, today's was if you could be anybody living or dead, uh, who would you be for 30 days? Um, I chose Superman. There, there is some pressure when you're up there at the order there stand. Is, yes. Just like, what, what do I, what answer do I give? Da, da, da. <laughs> so we heard several, uh, uh, we heard one Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard a couple Beyonce's, mm-hmm. a couple of Michelle Obama's. Um, and then, uh, out of the the depths, we heard a Winona writer. <laughs> right. Like, where in the world is <laughs> that come? Obscure, I, I don't yeah. know. And I'm kicking myself because I did not say Will Smith. Which, if I had to pick Will Smith wow. over Superman, that we did hear some Will Smiths. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, man, I should have picked. I think that I would have done Elvis. Oh yeah, in this prime. Yeah. We also said too that not 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 fat not Elvis. Fat. I'm talking about return Elvis, like you know, yeah, return tour Elvis, leather <laughs> leather clad Elvis. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. So, well, we hope that you enjoyed uh, the biscuits uh, review, the gravy yeah, us, review. If you have some unique gravies in your region, please let us know. Boy, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, we might have to do a gravy a gravy train tour. That would be. We'll do the bourbon tour and the gravy tour. Yeah. So. And invite me back when we do the uh, chocolate gravy uh, okay. review. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we will. So um, I hope, Tori, I'm sure you're listening to the, this episode. I hope this made you miss home. And yeah. wanted to come back to, for some gravy. So that's right. All right. Well, let's uh, review some gravy. All right. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some Dear Mojo. Oh boy, that'll be fun. Hey guys, it's me, Bigging. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce, 
Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out BadMotherSmokers.com to place your order, and if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit BadMotherSmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at SouthernFriedPhilosophy.com. Dear Abby, dear Abby, my feet are too long. My hair is falling out and my rights are all wrong. My friends, they all tell me that I've no friends at all. Won't you write me a letter? Won't you give me a call? Sign bewildered. Oh, well, well, that ended quickly. I did not expect that. Uh, Dear Mojo, I'm average fitness-wise, and I work in an office. My girlfriend, who is naturally athletic, has belonged to a gym for a year. Our two fitness paths collided when I was enjoying a coffee with her and her training partner, quote-unquote Trixie, well, that's suspicious, um, at her place one day. Trixie made a muscle. When I complimented her on her impressive arm definition, she responded, I should see my girlfriend's. Hmm, again, suspicious. When my girlfriend flexed, her bicep, her bicep popped so high that my eyes bulged. Hello. Trixie then prodded me to flex. I didn't want to because I knew that my muscle wasn't developed. Trixie felt both of our arms and declared mine softer. Hello. And then she, uh, she pushed us then to arm wrestle. I'm three inches taller than my girlfriend, and I'm a man, so I thought I would win. <laughs> anyway... Two times on the right and once on the left, I ended up with the back of my hand securely pinned down on the table to the extreme amusement, to their extreme amusement. I felt embarrassed because there was nothing I could do to stop her stronger arms driving me down. The upshot is, wow, this is long. The upshot is I feel that there's uh, been a power shot, power shift in our relationship. My girlfriend is now teasing teasingly flexing when she wants something she also enjoys challenging me in public i now have to defeat uh, i had now have been defeated in arm wrestling in front of her parents and other group of cheering girlfriends how should i adjust must i just accept her superior strength or tell her to tone it down showing off uh, her biceps or myself being or should i get stronger at the gym out muscled in australia there's always Fortnite. <laughs> Wow. So bottom line, his his girlfriend is beating him in arm wrestling, and she's enjoying it. Well, the the big thing is uh, we should be asking the girlfriend, do you actually have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? I think, you know, you might need to look for a man, I guess. I mean, because, you know, I, I'm going to be misogynist and sexist, but, we, you know, we have we have this uh, this kind of cultural shift happening now where you know traditional roles and this traditional role is not like it's only happened for the last 50 years Mm. where a man provides and a woman you know is there along the way you Mm. know this is something that's happened probably for two hundred fifty thousand years since men and women have been cohabitating in a culture and in a a communal setting so uh, obviously this guy probably either needs to find a weaker girlfriend (laughs) Or maybe get a Planet Fitness gym or yeah. something equivalent to that in the Alsi Outback, and just yeah. You know. By the time it took him to write that entire thing, I feel like he could have gone to the gym. He could have gotten times. some reps in. I think he so, could have. Yeah, <laughs> he could have had a CrossFit section. Uh, a CrossFit. Out. I think I figured out why he's not so strong. He's just <laughs> typing the whole time. Well, he's probably uh, like I said, he's probably uh, playing Fortnite on his uh, on his computers. By the way, have you played Fortnite? No, I've never have. So we we actually just played it. You played it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, my today. first time today. 
So I've I've played it. This is my second time playing. It's actually quite fun. I think I <laughs> like it. It's yeah. not bad. So <laughs> especially for a free game, it's fun. Well, there's people that do it for for a living now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I'll never be that good. So I, I guess I'll, I'll just put my skill somewhere else. Well, and I've said this. I said this to Sketch. I said. Listen, I was concerned about the future generation, but the way that they play Fortnite and how quick they can make things happen, I think I'm okay with them. I think yeah. they can do it. Yeah. So, well, and after you lose, you get to watch the person that killed you continue in the game. Mm-hmm. So you actually pick up some strategy. Right. That's cool. And, yeah. Just be a lot faster than the other guys. Yeah. Really, yeah, no kind of how it is. No I, doubt. I'm still still trying to build something and then I get shot and I'm like, I'm just trying to learn how to do this thing. Yeah. So anyway, there's no mercy. There's, there's, no, no, there's no crying in Fortnite. <laughs> Dear Mojo. Uh, I, t- I tend to react poorly when someone pulls a prank on me. My reaction is usually anger, hurt or embarrassment. And I end up saying or doing things I later regret because my emotion took over. My husband has always liked playing pranks and my children have started to follow his lead. The pranks tend to be something like ice down the back of my shirt bopping the end of my glass bottle while drinking so it splashes in my face, or snapping wet towels. I don't like it, and I never do it to them. If I react, uh, I am made out to be the bad guy because I can't take a joke. I feel guilty about the latest incident because my 10-year-old girl bopped my, a drink on my in my face and I slapped her across the face. <laughs> that escalated really quickly. When I apologized for responding the way I did, she said, Dad does it all the time. I never get an apology from the pranksters. Is this normal? Are there others out there who don't like being the object of pranks? And how do I get my family to understand that being the subject of these jokes just isn't funny? Amused in Indiana. I'm going to go ahead and diagnose you as uh, butthurt. <laughs> Yeah, boy, these are just coming out today, aren't they? Yeah, this is what happens when I, you record on a I have, Saturday. I have no sympathy for people like this. <laughs> At the be, the best the best offense or best defense is to to get involved with these. Start throwing pranks on your own. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? That would be I mean, a good option. It or be or be self deprecating. You know, take it in great humor because obviously they're probably keep doing it doing it for your absurd reactions. Right. You know, I mean. Just go along with it. Have fun. These are memories you're making with your kids. Obviously, the the, the memory of having uh, five outstretched fingers coming at your face is probably not a great memory for this child. So maybe try doing something a little different. Obviously, this person probably has some some uh, inner, tor- inner inner turmoil from her childhood <laughs> yeah. to where she doesn't like being pranked. So the fact that she slapped her ten year old across yeah. the face, I think that was a little rough. Yeah. I would just complain a little bit. About, I don't know if I call those pranks. Those are kind of teases. But I, when I hear pranks, I'm thinking uh, punked. Uh, I'm thinking Sasha Baron Cohen. You know, I want a little more, oh, yeah. more organization and development into a storyline about what this prank is. This is just kind of uh, slapstick humor. Sounds like. Yeah, so. I mean. I well, think, I guess she doesn't like being the object. She probably feels yeah. being teamed up on yeah. something like that. Yeah. But still, though, I mean, come on. Get with the program. I'm sure you could probably organize with your uh, now uh, uh, slapped across the face daughter <laughs> to pull a prank on your husband. I'm sure yeah. you probably could organize a yeah. prank with your husband known to the daughter and get involved with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you took it a little bit too far, though. <laughs> I mean, slapping your kid. Yeah. Mm, plot, tw- plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming. And if the if the ten year old still continues to do that after being slapped, then maybe the ten year old's got a problem. Yeah, I'm just right. saying. Well, the ten year old probably, probably will now be 
23 years old and her boyfriend will probably play a prank on her and she'll, oh, no. she, she's probably going to react poorly because oh, yeah. the one incident. Lady. All right. Uh, Dear Mojo, I've never been married. I've been perceived as a playboy for many years now. I don't mean to be, but when I see uh, the potential for a passionate romantic encounter with flowers, candy, champagne, pot, uh, the urge takes over. I love how he escalated from that he to threw pot. pot in there. <laughs> I, I never knew that pot was required for a romantic incursion. I did not either. Uh, I, I was never considered hot until I turned 50. Well, that's a plot twist. <laughs> and decided to get in shape. I had a hair transplant, a neck lift, and lost 25 pounds. Shouldn't I continue to enjoy this? I'm really loving it, but I have to worry about the comments about the about my age. I look 38. Um, Max How does he come up with that number? <laughs> <laughs> and what metric of 38? I, I look 37 and a half. Yeah. Uh, like, should he be worried? I, I'm 41. I probably look like I'm 41 from <laughs> World War II you know, after the chain smoker. But, but uh, wow. Um, mm. You know, it's your, it's your life, man. Do what you want to. Yeah. I mean, you're doing something that's probably consensual with what you know whoever you like to date i mean maybe not the law <laughs> well, i don't know if i don't know if he's i don't know yeah well it, it, i don't know maybe maybe well he could be in one of the 27 states yeah, now to have it be. so um if it's what you want you don't want to settle down keep doing what you want to do i mean who cares what people say i but I don't. I'm, I'm still wondering how. You, I'm more concerned how you came up with 38. <laughs> <laughs> I look 38. I do not look 37. I do not look 39. I look 38. Uh, yeah, I don't. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it West Virginia 38 or North Carolina 38 or you know <laughs> about, is, or, or California 38? That I mean, is that is so true. Uh, you know, people age different. <laughs> so you are right. What metric are you using? Your West Virginia 38 looks like a California. Like ninety seven, I think. Well, of course, because California have you know al- algae facial treatment s- stations everywhere. So, yeah. No, nah, but uh, obviously, yeah. God don't want to settle down. If you come on, uh, if you be a playboy, I'm sure. Come on, playboy. I'm sure there's playgirls out there that are fifty sitting there saying they look like they're thirty eight too. <laughs> that you know that are out there doing their thing too. Yeah. I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not not for us to judge that. There so you, you do what you want to do. You I mean, go, you go, Playboy. But also find out when you're 68 and you're alone, or you've can't go back and rewrite this decision. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, 50 and 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 I'm just kind of curious where pot also came into the romance. <laughs> right. I just I, I, I've never <laughs> heard so someone, many weird things about yeah, that one. I, I, I want to romance a young lady flowers. with chocolates, flowers, I got the cologne, I got the some yeah, sexy music, chocolates, and yeah. then a spleef. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. We have a roach problem around here. We're like, I mean, I, I don't understand that. Nothing says, let's get busy like a six-foot water bong and, and some cannabis. I, some lava lamp. It's Mary Jane time. Oh, I don't my gosh. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. All right, so that was some uh, Dear Mojo. And now we're going to go straight into our interview with Sketch. So um, let me let me cue up some, some good music for him. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe it's Weird Al. Oh, uh, yeah. This is the closest I got to gangster rap. Oh, okay. So, oh, well. Um, Sketch is uh, in town. You're hanging out with, with me. Um, got away from the old H-Town, just kind of visiting the old Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm trying to convince him to move. Uh, I think the Maple Street Biscuit may have just pushed him, over pushed him just a little bit. 
But it's um, definitely in the plus column. <laughs> well, for, for listeners, give some history because obviously of you, of you two, because obviously, uh, gosh, yeah, he's not just uh, some guy we called up and said, "Hey, get on on the show." Yeah, um, we actually met when we were uh, going to a church in 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 Houston. Um, I don't even know like how we like really connected. Like there was, um, we just started going to the church, and then obviously just built a relationship and then we did a, a thing called finer things club mm-hmm. with uh with a group uh, of family uh in there and then we, our friendship just kept going and we never stopped and even though we moved like we still stayed connected yeah um so that's really kind of how how it all started um but i've really been a couple things with sketch and i'll i'm just gonna um throw you not under the bus uh, I, I don't I praise you i guess this is probably a better thing to say but uh sketch is like one of the the greatest guys i've i've known and met like we've been friends for probably how long it's, i don't even it's over 10 years of yeah something. um but dude is probably the most consistent guy i know um probably the guy that we always called we just joked around and called him mr morals a lot but he <laughs> he's always the guy that if i have a morality question uh, i ask sketch or if there's like something that I'm like, eh. So um, morality and sketch, we shouldn't hold those two things synonymous, I guess. Right. Okay. So uh, we can talk about a little <laughs> bit of, of where he got his name. But, um, yeah, dude is just one of the, the most solid guys I know and a guy that follows after Christ and um, just an, an, a hero of mine in the faith and, and just being a friend. So well, thank um, you. you're a good dude. How, how old are you? I am 42. So you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you look like that. you're 38. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So he's a good friend. So how did you get the name Sketch? Yes. Yeah, so I started uh, covering Christian hip hop. Let me be clear. I don't rap and I don't make beats. I, I've attempted those um, areas and found I did not have the talent for it. Uh, <laughs> but I studied journalism in college and I started, I've been a fan of hip hop for a long time. And uh, parents encouraged me to listen to uh, the hip hop that kind of reflected my faith. So I was a fan for a while and started writing about it, thinking I could get free music, and I decided I need a like a rap pen name or something. So um, I picked the journalist to define that I wasn't a rapper myself, and then Sketch, uh, I draw cartoons and that sort of thing, and then my dad's nickname is Skitch. So I kind of did a little tribute to him and flipped it to Sketch. So Sketch the Journalist has been my pen name for many years. I, I don't try to hide my identity or anything, but just hip-hop, you kind of have a, a different name. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. So. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. So. He, he, the little drawings that he does, I say little drawings like I'm like a mm-hmm. dad or whatever, but like you draw really good. Like <laughs> it's you. insane like how he could just and just make something. That's cool. I've, I haven't seen one yet. So, Well, I got some paper and a pen. We can make uh, it. Yeah, we'll again. have to do one. Um, Literally make sketch sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what initially kind of uh, – one of the things that is really big in your life is just the hip-hop, mm-hmm. uh, the culture in the, in the world, and especially with Christian hip-hop. But – but this guy, let me just be very clear. You you've got a big name in Christian hip hop. Like people know you. And it's because I've been around for a while. But yeah, yeah. So I guess, like I said, I just I grew up listening to it. Some of my best friends got me into the music. I became a believer at a pretty young age. Uh, my parents encouraged that. So uh, at the time, Christian hip hop was was different. It, there wasn't a lot of explicit uh, language. But uh, my mom had driven me to a Christian bookstore, and we were looking on the the shelves, and there was a cassette tape back in the day. It, was, <laughs> it actually said Christian rap was the name of the song. It was a guy, Stephen <laughs> Wiley, uh, who did a song called Bible Break. And she just said, hey, this is something that you might like, Jason. You know, I know you like rap and mm. that sort of stuff. So uh, got me into it, and I just kind of enjoyed that. And uh, you called me Mr. Morals, so I was a good uh, straight, you know, straight edge kind of kid. 
did and just continue to, to do that. I listen to all kinds of hip hop, but try to steer towards the music that, uh, Inform, reinforces my faith and helps mm-hmm. my belief and and uh you know i don't like to hear all of the content that that's out there necessarily so um i just continued to do that and then um it just was a way to be a part of that scene and that culture and i saw people that were believers really express themselves through it so mm-hmm. uh, i think that answers your question i, I might have drifted no no, no that's fine away. so like what what all because i know you've been on uh a radio state a radio show before a podcast right yeah so i did a new segment for a show called the waiter radio show and mm-hmm. they cover christian hip-hop and i did uh, the news for, for them i've written for uh, relevant magazine the houston chronicle um, a couple other different magazines, but it just started because again, I wanted to, uh, I thought I could get free music by reviewing <laughs> CDs and the artists would send me their stuff. And, uh, the internet started popping off when I was in college and there were a couple websites that had popped up and I just, uh, wrote to them and said, Hey, I, I follow this music and, um, I'd like to write for you. So that's kind of how I got hmm. my foot in the door and then, uh, just started blogging on my own. And, uh, the Houston Chronicle connection came about cause I had seen that they had, uh, done a story on their website about, 10 rappers you didn't know were Muslim. Hmm. And uh, they had it was a, kind of a slideshow clickbait type mm-hmm. of thing. But I went through, and there was a guy named Chameleonaire who's from Houston. And a friend of mine had interviewed him before about his faith. And we knew that one of his parents was Muslim, one of them was Christian. So I found out who wrote the story and wrote an email. Uh, was very polite, but just said, hey, where did you get your information? I've mm-hmm. heard a little different story. And that person wrote back and said, hey, thanks for, for letting me know. And then I knew I had a, a contact at the Houston Chronicle. And I thought, well, this person likes, uh, you know, obviously writes about hip-hop, writes about faith. Mm-hmm. So I just would pitch her some stories every now and then that had to do with our local area. And uh, she had a blog, and she would occasionally take those stories and put those in her blog. Nice. And then um, I think she saw that I was a good source of information, and they started opening up their blog platform to uh, people of all kinds of different faiths and said, hey, would you like to blog for the Houston Chronicle? And I said, yeah, I'd love it. So uh, it wasn't anything that I got paid for. I've never made this my main source of mm-hmm. income. It's just been a passion project of mine. Um, so I started blogging for them and then got the opportunity to do a couple freelance pieces that were in the print edition. Wow. And yeah. I, I think that's just kind of how the, the freelance game works is you just kind of build your portfolio and reach out and try to find the next thing and the next thing and that sort of thing. So Nice. Yeah. So um – Talk about like Christian hip hop. When I think of Christian hip hop, this is how bad it is. Like I think back to like DC Talk and grits and grits. Yeah, grits. Oh man, I did love me some grits. Um, but how has that changed from from then and to to now? I guess yeah, it's definitely grown. Um, when I first got into it, there, I, I had heard about DC Talk, but I didn't. There was a segment of us that didn't really consider them part of christian rap which you like, shouldn't they, by yeah, the way they were, they were kind of like the nashville sound a little more, a little more of a pop style right um but i mean there's there's a lot of variety in it it doesn't necessarily i guess it depends on how you define it too i i tend to interview and be interested in christians who are doing hip-hop whether they're mm. very explicit about their faith in their music and use it as an evangelistic tool or if they are just believers trying to um, make this type of music and have it uh, reflect their lifestyle. So mm-hmm. some people are very rigid and would define Christian hip-hop by the guys that are, uh, like I said, trying to be evangelistic with it. Um, I look at it more broadly. Um, but the sound, you can have you can have kind of a gangster style. You can have kind of a backpack lyrical style. You can have a very uh, pop-friendly radio style. Um there's been pockets, I guess, across the country that have had bigger, better scenes. Uh, Tampa, Florida has been a hub. Houston has been a really big hub. L.A. had a, a really big scene. Um, so that's gone across. But even now you see guys that have 
crossed over and gotten a lot more mainstream attention. So the biggest name in Christian hip hop is probably Lecrae. So he mm-hmm. had a number one overall Billboard album last year. He's performed on Jimmy Fallon several times. Uh, NF is another guy who's come out of that scene who's kind of crossed over into the pop and area. Just to be clear, you said NF. NF. Okay. All right. His, name is, sure. his name is Nate Ferguson. Okay. So he goes by you might NF. want to think about changing that. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. but, but I guess a shift that you've seen is some of those guys – whether to get that mainstream success or not, they've kind of toned back some of their evangelistic uh, lyrics and stuff. Mm. Some people see that as a sellout move or that sort of thing. Mm. Other guys say, hey, go go do what you need to do. Live your life st- offstage. Impact people that way versus preaching from the crowd. But both NF and Lecrae are uh, what they, I guess, call or would define themselves as uh, rappers who are Christian versus mm. Christian rappers. And mm. that's kind of been a longstanding divide and debate and discussion i guess throughout the music uh, i don't know if we've settled on one way is better than the other but i think uh so. i think a rapper who's christian is probably better than a christian rapper because you don't necessarily have to be a christian to be a christian rapper yeah <laughs> you know right. what i'm saying yeah i mean you could just be uh, someone who's not going to be great to the masses who all of a sudden can write really well or rap towards that audience you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so mm. i, I yeah, and Christian rap can be a marketing term yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And like yeah. you said, you don't even have to be a Christian, I guess, to make Christian rap. And uh, and I guess the lines kind of get blurred sometimes. So Kanye West has called himself a Christian and said his last uh, album before this most recent one, The Life of Pablo, was a gospel album. Chance the Rapper is a vocal Christian, but both of those guys curse in their music, talk about women in ways that other Christians may not. So sometimes that blurs the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, people in the back of the day used to think that Kirk Franklin was Christian rap or DC talk was Christian mm-hmm. rap or Carmen. If you know, uh, <laughs> Christian music industry, I think he won like a dove award in the rap category at one point, which yeah. is quite absurd. But, uh, but you mentioned grits. They had some big success. I really mm-hmm. liked them. They were a Southern group as their name kind of implies. They were from Tennessee. They were actually backup dancers for DC talk before they started started uh-huh. rapping on yeah. their own yeah did not know that so i, I just remember yeah. i tried to get into christian rap because you know you go to that church camp you yeah, oh, yeah. come back and burn all your secular music yeah. and yeah. then you try yeah. to reach out and, and get some quote-unquote christian music from the mm-hmm. bookstore so you, you you gravitate towards groups like that mm-hmm. it's a little a little less cheesy than the uh some of the some of the Christian rap music. Right. A lot of it, I'll be honest with you, the only problems I have with Christian music, I, I don't listen to it today just because a lot of it's cheesy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. Like really stinking cheesy. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, and we have that in our scene for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, let's, let's rap or sing about Psalms 13. Right. Oh, come on. I'd rather hit my head with a board. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's you can, you can have a great message and be a great writer without having to, you know, use this, just like country music, always modern pop country music is made fun of because if you have a pickup truck, a dog, mm. Bro, a, a drinking yeah. problem, Saturday night, girls by the river, you can write a song and have a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing with Christian. Jesus, yeah. Three Nails, Cross, Grace, Grace, you know, yeah. uh, uh, water, some type mm. of weather theme. <laughs> <laughs> some type of weather theme. Stor- <laughs> storms, ocean. You can have a hit song. Yeah, it does. So. Yeah, but I guess I would say, too, I've seen the, the scene grow. And sometimes you have to dig to find the good artists. You sure. know? Uh, but for, for a long time, it was kind of relegated as youth group music. And that's all it was focused for. But mm. as a lot of the artists have, have grown and matured, and now they have families and lives, uh, 
thankfully, a lot of their music and lyrics have, have matured. So they're mm. not necessarily just rapping Psalms 13, but they're writing stories about uh, social issues or drug problems in the world or th- the way that they love their family and are mm-hmm. growing up. So you can you can definitely find that. And I guess not even not all Christian rap is necessarily safe for younger listeners. Mm. I mean, especially if your guy's talking about his reality or his past as a drug dealer or um, whatever, that may not be good for younger listeners. And a lot of times people think Christian music is just safe music, and that's not necessarily the truth. So one example that I had recently, there was a song that I recommended to some people in my uh, small church group, and they said, hey, their kids may like this. And then I went back and realized, like, the song, the guy talks about, Lord, forgive me for my fornication or something like that. And I was like... Uh, And I knew these people had young kids that were like five or six. And I was like, well, maybe you don't want to explain what fornication is at that age or something. Mm, So, um, but I'm glad that there's a uh, diversity within the scene, uh, even though outsiders may immediately, you know, have one image of what the Christian rap or rap made by Christians is like. Mm -hmm. So, so you're saying that there actually is some legitimate good Christian music, yeah. Christian rap music, yeah. Absolutely. So, so who are some bands that you really like? You mentioned Lecrae, like I think yeah. you like. You yeah, I think Lecrae is really good, and and his, he's his last album uh, was a trap album, which is a big sound out of Atlanta. He actually did it with a producer who's produced for uh, Migos and Future. His name's Zaytoven, so uh, hmm. that's pretty good. Derek Minor just released another trap album that I like. It's called The Trap, uh, but I also like. Um, Deep Space Five for like really lyrical kind of guys. There's they just released like a whole like just beat tape. So it's just music and hip hop music and samples that are put together. Hmm. Um, Taylor Gray is another guy. Um, he's actually a pastor in Ohio. Uh, he has I guess kind of a Drakeish um, sound. Uh, but there and Shylin, if you want some really lyrical theology stuff, he's he's a very good, well known name in that area. Hmm. Um, so definitely dig. Don't. Uh, but the accessibility to it, I think, is one thing that's changed too. I, I told you my first introduction. My mom had to drive yeah. me to a Christian bookstore. I had to buy a cassette tape. Hope never hearing it before. I had to hmm. literally buy tons of albums just off the cover art alone. They were well overpriced. Yeah. Um, so at a Christian bookstore, they were fifteen dollars <laughs> yeah, for an 20, album. Twenty two ninety nine, I think, is what yeah. I paid for. Oh, Oh my gosh! And now today, I mean, you've got an Apple Music or a Spotify subscription, and you can yeah. listen to whoever you want, and they they suggest other people. That can lead you in some bad directions, but I think it can help you discover a ton of different artists. If you don't like them, you don't have to listen I was to listening them. To, I was listening to Lecrae, and all of a sudden, I'm listening to a rapper about Baphomet. <laughs> yes. <wondering>. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So kid, kids today are a, a generation or anybody that wants to get into that today has it much easier than they did when I first started. And that's one reason I, I wanted to get into writing about it was to promote this kind of music because mm-hmm. it was hard to find. Yeah. You didn't know if you were buying an album, if it was actually even a good. So I was attracted to one writer from one magazine who actually gave some real criticisms. That was the name of his column. And he would actually tell you like, no, this isn't worth your money. Wow. And I'm not giving them the rubber stamp just because they're <laughs> a believer, you know, yeah. like it's bad music is bad music. Good music is good music. So yeah, they always had one song out of 16. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? You'd right. pay the 22.99 yeah. for the one song right. and then yeah. the rest of the 15 were just crap. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah it's, it's, um, it's definitely changed a whole lot. So I think, you know, even just in your albums, you're getting more and more decent songs in, in one album. Yeah, you know, you know the, the shame shame on the Christian radio networks, yeah. on terrestrial radio, because these guys have an opportunity to, to expose. And granted, I know a lot of, a lot of these uh, you know, Christian radios are listener, subscriber, donation, you know, because sure. um, they don't have a lot, a ton of like, hey, uh, come down to 
you know, are, we're sponsored by uh, Blue Apron today or whatever. Right. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they get uh, – their listeners fund them. I right. understand that, but it would be kind of nice for them to kind of promote some of that stuff you know, yeah. to their audience, even if yeah. it's like a block of hour on a Friday night or something yeah. like that. In Houston, we're, we're blessed. So we have a very large Christian radio station, KSBJ, but they also have a sister station called Engine Radio. And for a while, they were internet only, but they're on over the air now. And they are hip-hop and, and pop, mostly hip-hop, and they've got some legitimate – Hip hop uh, people from the Christian hip hop scene that are the program directors and that are the DJs mm. and they play this kind of stuff. So if you're in the Houston oh, awesome. metro area over the air, you can listen to Lecrae on your radio. You can listen to Taylor Gray, uh, Misfits, Social Club Misfits, uh, that sort of thing. So we're nice. we're blessed. So there, I think Orlando has a similar kind of station, uh, but Houston's kind of unique in that, and it's it's yeah. been a good good move for for us. So can you find that? Um, that station online. Yeah, they also they've got an app. So Ngen, uh, the letter N G E N for it, like the N generation, uh, ninety one point seven, I think it is. Nice. So, but they've probably, got an app, and they probably one of it's probably on like TuneIn or yeah, R I think so. Uh, like yeah, nice. they've got their own uh, their own app. So very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, what about like the? And I don't want to sound horrible on this, no. but like like the. The lifestyle, like you, you think like country music, and you're like, oh, they're God, Jesus, Bible, shoot the flag, you know, or shoot, shoot your guns and praise the flag. Whiskey, whiskey on Saturday and Jesus Wh- on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, so so that's kind of already integrated within like country, Christian and non-Christian music, but like hip hop, like the lifestyle is totally different. Yeah, from one to the other. Yeah. So like, is, is that really difficult for the artists to try to like still be in that lifestyle that? The, the genre, but have a completely different lifestyle. That yeah, I think so. Pushes. It depends on kind of where you're where you're booked and where you do shows. Obviously, if you're being booked at a church, your backstage environment is a lot different than if you're at a, a club or if you're on a festival tour or something. Mm-hmm. But I think Lecrae has spoken to that. He wrote a book called Unashamed last year that's kind of his autobiography, and he talked about being backstage at the Grammys, and he's won a couple Grammys actually in the gospel category, but he's he's been on the mainstream tours and stuff. And I, I think there have been times where he's been at parties where there's drugs and women and he has to excuse himself from those situations mm-hmm. or make sure that his faith and his willpower is strong enough to uh, deny himself those mm-hmm. opportunities that are very maybe very prevalent in some of those scenes. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess also not to say not every rapper, uh, the image that they portray on stage doesn't necessarily translate to what they do off stage. So you may right. see a guy who in his music and videos is very flashy and women and cars and stuff, but backstage he may be a very – fine upstanding family man and that's mm-hmm. that's a character he portrays and i think we would say that's uh that's a poor choice and has negative connotations but just to say not everything that you see mm-hmm. represented on tv and music is really how these guys are backstage so yeah. i think i've heard some of that too lecrae talked about some of these guys um two chains is you know college educated and can speak very highly and very well and i've seen several of these guys i've had the opportunity to talk to people like Bun B, who's from the group UGK and is a, I guess, a southern gangster rapper, but he also taught a hip-hop and religion class at Rice University. And when I interviewed him, he talked about his wife and he's a grandfather and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and uh, I, I got a different image of him than what you may see in, in music videos. And uh, David Banner's another guy and Taleb Kweli. So there's, there's some guys that don't necessarily live that lifestyle mm-hmm. probably off stage than they do. But if you're a believer walking into those situations, yeah, I think it can be concerning and, and hopefully you are have a strong enough faith and walk that you can 
uh, walk in some of the situations or know that you, you shouldn't walk in those situations. If mm. you're still tempted by those type of things, maybe if you just got saved and uh, you were in the strip club every night, maybe you don't want to do that kind of ministry you <laughs> right, know? Right. or something like that. So, um, yes, I hope that it, I can think that answers your question. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the uh, kind of the, the your best like unknown Christian rapper right now? Like this just under the radar, but man, they're so good. Yeah. Uh, a guy by the name of Crum, K-R-U-M. That's a, and, I feel like Crumb Cake. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he used to go by the name Plato, oh, and he's nice. actually he's been around for a long time. But I just really love his music, and I, he, he doesn't get the big recognition in the record sales. Uh, he's uh, a dude out of Dallas, uh, Texas, white guy, but has a very soulful sound. One of his albums, he sampled a bunch of black gospel. Hmm. He always has very bluesy stuff. I really like his uh, just his approach to it, he doesn't hit you over the head with the Bible, but his his last album was called Blue Eyed Devil, and, and that's kind of a catchy uh, title, but he really reflected, hey, as a white man who's a blue-eyed, I look at you know the mm-hmm. sin inside my own self and mm-hmm. how I live out and how I need to change and the things that I battle. So that's really what his album was about. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he had a song about he's uh, been married and divorced and back in the dating scene, and they wrote a kind of a humorous song about what that looked like and trying to pick up a – uh, a girl uh, met her dad and he found she he was a rapper and asked him to rap and they kind of laughed at him and that sort of stuff but uh crumb is a guy who i really like he comes nice. out of the deep space five uh group that i talked about that was kind of a collective of guys so nice. if somebody that you want to go try to discover i would i would look him up cool so i'll uh yeah. I'll, I'll give it a shot yeah i'm i'm really like i don't listen to a lot of music like people will laugh at me but like i'm not i'm usually just like listening to talk radio or something like that i, I listen to a lot of talk radio and podcasts but yeah. I, the music i do listen to it, it it changes you know like the music i grew up to i, I still listen to that occasionally but mm-hmm. you know it, it just morphs you know it just depends on the mood i'm into guilty know. pleasure song go oh man <laughs> prison bound by social distortion but that, that's like a, that's like a guilty pleasure uh kelly clarkson um <laughs> Uh, one of Kelly Clarkson's songs, and, and Toxic by Britney Spears. Oh, that's right. Uh, what about you? Uh, I may or I can't think of the uh, title off the head, but I, I guess I'll be man enough to admit I, I have bought tickets to go see Taylor Swift next month. Mm. So, well, my wife just took my daughter to Taylor Swift. So, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I happen to know probably the words off the first three yeah. Taylor they Swift. They went to albums. New York to go yeah. to watch her. So oh, wow. That's, that was a crazy I'm still trip. recovering from that. <laughs> Emotionally I didn't, I didn't and go financially. Financially, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, I'm I'm a sucker for Mbop. God <laughs> bless, I love that song. You know, uh, <laughs> as, as far as you know, musicians. I think the one thing that drives me nuts mm-hmm. is during the, these award ceremonies and they mm-hmm. win they win an award. And this is all genres. Every music. one of them. This ain't just rap. Mm-hmm. But they get up and first and foremost, I want to thank God, yeah, Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and make a number my CD. Titty titty bang bang, <laughs> number one. <laughs> right, now, you know, I, I can't stand that. That drives me nuts. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. It, it just, it, yeah. You don't have you. to do that. I got you. Yeah, I, like I said, I've, I've worked with a friend on a documentary that we talked to, tried to talk to a lot of mainstream rappers about that, and we kind of focused on that. I think some of it, and particularly in the South, a lot of guys have been raised in church and feel like that's the hmm. expected thing to do or appropriate thing to do. Sure. Uh, but yeah, the music, the rest of the music in the album doesn't necessarily reflect that, or, yeah. or their life, or their lifestyle yeah. too. I mean, because you know, with the advent of the internet and TMZ and all these other gossip yeah. mm-hmm. rags, you can see yeah. that maybe these, you know, maybe these guys aren't necessarily what they are. But you know, talking about uh, you know, maybe 
the music and the guy, the character is not necessarily the, the, what they are in the mm-hmm. personal life. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ironic because I think the rock and roll lifestyle probably is true to form, though, mm-hmm. a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're expected to, you know, women, drugs, and, you know, alcohol mm-hmm. is kind of their forte in the industry. So it's kind of inter- interesting to see that maybe, maybe the rap genre doesn't necessarily cater all that there's probably some guys that do uh, yeah absolutely but I mean, there's, there's probably a few that you would not expect yeah you know like it, it's hard to disconnect the character from the person right. like even uh what's that what was that comedian that was like uh, larry larry the cable guy yeah like he doesn't talk like that he's yeah. just a normal he's, guy he's from nebraska yeah yeah like, he doesn't <laughs> right. at all talk like that yeah. and so like they did an interview i'm like that's not him yeah. it's like but yeah it's just the character that yeah. he plays but nailed it yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, dude, Sketch, thank you so much for, yeah, for coming. If somebody wants to connect with you, how do they do that? Yeah, on, on all social media, I'm at Sketch the J. Um, so you don't have to worry about trying to spell journalist. <laughs> it's just shorter. Uh, but my, yeah, my website is uh, I Talk to Rappers. So I thought that was descriptive of what I do it's and what to I, the point. What, yeah. what I do and what I don't do. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I liked it because. It, like I said, I've had an opportunity to talk to a couple of mainstream guys, and some people may think, "Oh, is the Christian? I'm going to come in there and try to yell at them or tell them that their music is wrong." But really, the the ones that I've had the opportunity to do that, I just wanted to talk to them about their faith and what matters. Yeah. And I found that they are actually like very interested in being able to talk about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of their life may not reflect that, but they often don't get those questions about their, yeah. you know, what they really believe and how they live off stage. And so, uh, yeah, I talk to rappers dot com or at sketch the J. You can find me and see what's up. Nice. Who's last question? Who's the most famous person you have in your phone right now? Uh, Malice or Fonsworth Bentley, I think. So. Oh wow, Fonsworth Bentley. Malice like, from the clips and uh, Fonsworth Bentley, most well known for carrying the umbrella for P Diddy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he was in uh, uh, Kanye videos and Outcast videos and is close with those guys and he's a believer and recorded a, a clean album. I guess it could be a Christian album. I've had a chance to interview him a couple times. So. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, our episode of um, Southern Fried Philosophy. Yeah. Appreciate you guys tuning in once again. Please go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, Subscribe. Give us a like, review, share your favorite episodes. Check us out on the Facebooks at Southern Fried Philosophy. You can find us at the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio, YouTube.com forward slash SFP Radio, Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. Noticing a theme. What's that? SFP Radio. Uh, When in doubt, SFP Radio. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, keep looking up.